Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company, and Side Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak with marketing leaders and share insights to help brands and business leaders navigate the ever-changing marketing landscape and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. In this series, Martin Guerreria, head of I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Kantar Brand Z meets remarkable senior marketers leading some of the world's most valuable global brands to discuss strategies that differentiate, protect value, and advance their sustainability credentials. I'm delighted to be joined by Martin Renault, EVP and Chief Marketing and Sales Officer at Mondelez International. Cadbury is a new entry into this year's Kantar Brand Z Top 20 Most Valuable Global Food and Beverage Brands with a brand value of $5.4 billion. Cadbury has very strong brand equity, particularly in the UK. A huge congratulations to you, Matam, and everyone at Mondelez for this achievement. So I thought we'd start with a very broad question today. So can you talk to us about how you believe that brands add value to businesses overall? So, I mean, brands for us, uh, being an, an FMCG is really all, and it's really a way for us to connect with our consumers. It's telling to our consumers what our products are. Uh, it's really about also building emotional connection. And uh, ultimately also it's, it's enabling us sometimes to have some premium price to be able to, to valorize uh, all what we do uh, a bit more. So it's, it's absolutely critical. And um, one uh, thing you will hear a lot at Mondelez is that we need to be absolutely brand centric. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what do you think are some of the key things to consider when businesses are actually trying to build strong brands? Well, that's uh, for me, it starts with the most important, which is the product, you know, to, to make sure that we have the best possible product, a superior product. And I am very proud to say that uh, 80% of our products at Mondelez International are uh, superior to, to their uh, main competitor, which is a very good achievement. The second thing is to make sure you build a, a brand which is distinctive, you know? so uh, to, to really uh, build in the consumer minds uh, some things that will be memorable. So it can be through the logo, the product shape, uh, building consistent assets in advertising. That, that's another very important one. And the last one, but not least, is making sure we have the right brand positioning, which is relevant uh, for our consumers, and in particular, which will not only build a, a very clear functional benefit, but at the same time build a, 
uh, an emotional connection we are with our consumers. No, and uh, in snacks in particular, you know, we are in the world of pleasure. We are in the world of really being part of the lives of our consumers, and um, it's a it's a great playground to build very strong brands. Just uh, listening and capturing these unique uh, human connections uh, every day for our consumers. Yeah, absolutely. And clearly, we're living in a particularly volatile time at the moment. What do you see as the main headwinds for the business in the next year? And how are you, as Mondelez, planning to overcome them? I mean, not surprisingly, uh, the, the main headwind uh, recently has been inflation. No? So the cost of goods, um, every, everything has been increasing in terms of price. So we, we had uh, to take some action also in terms of pricing. And uh, obviously, this is putting more pressure on, on our demand. But we are working hard uh, through all levers to really... Uh, uh, help continue to grow the company and, and it is working. Our growth in volume has been quite solid in the last years and, and also in the short term in 2023. This has been possible through uh, working a lot on what we call revenue growth management, making sure we maintain the right price point, the right format, depending on the channels and offering more options to our consumers in this particular moment of time. And obviously continuing to invest behind our brands to make sure they are still top of mind and and uh, really loved uh, by our consumers. It's interesting you mentioned consumers a number of times there, and obviously consumers are critical for all brands. Um, but but how do you approach keeping a strong consumer connection um, for your brands at, at Mondelez? How do you actually go about that from a consumer centric perspective? Yeah, so it, it's first, uh, I repeat myself here, is uh, making sure we have superior products. No, that the taste is there, the packaging is there. So that, that's the first entry, I would say, with the consumers. The other uh, element is to make sure we connect with them uh, through our advertising, through our digital activations, to our trade activations in a way which is relevant to them and that will engage them and, and continue to build the relationship we have. So um, on our brands like Oreo, Cadbury, Milka, we, we have a lot of great work to really make sure our brands are, are in the consumers' minds and hearts um, and, and continue to build that relationship. And we talked about the fact that the world around us has changed quite dramatically, that impacts marketers, um, but it also impacts consumers. So how would you say um, your consumers have changed over the last five years? Well, I, I would say there are there are things that don't change or, or let's say continue to strengthen. The, the great news for us is that snacking is, uh, is very solid in the consumer habits and, and uh, we see more and more consumers willing to, to, uh, to snack. It's part of their life and, uh, and that's, that's great. And we see our segments uh, grow overall. Uh, but then we see evolutions, maybe sometimes in, in what uh, consumer needs are within these snacking habits. So uh, the first thing I would say, indulgence is evolving, probably moving from a very functional um, uh, aspect, so great pleasure, you know, more taste and, and the best tasting products to sometimes a bit more uh, emotional or mental. So really consumer acknowledging that they, they want some indulgence that's important for their day, but also to keep their mood, you know, so that's, that's kind of a, a bit new. 
uh, obviously, um, all the aspects of well-being and mindful snacking are more and more important, and we are um, obviously working hard to make sure we answer those needs. So there are new needs like gluten-free or vegan, or you know, or making sure we have the right portions for people who want to to control their their calories, for example. And and we are very active in that field. Um, and, and finally, since sustainability is, is, is absolutely critical for our consumers. So understanding where the ingredients are coming from, uh, making sure we have the right use of packaging. Um, so lot, lots of questions for our consumers which are growing. It's interesting you mentioned sustainability. So I'll, I'll come back to that topic a little later on. So clearly um, at, at Mondelez, you have a range of, of very successful global brands. Just wondered if you had any thoughts on how you can strike that very difficult balance for marketers sometimes between you know, delivering consistent global messaging, but also localizing your messaging with, with consumers in specific markets. So I'm um, interested in your thoughts on that. So uh, the first thing I would say is that actually as a company, we have a, an amazing portfolio of brands, which is very balanced between what we call global brands, which are around 50, 55% of our business and what we call local jewels. We, we have around 60 brands which are more local, playing in one country, maybe sometimes two, but definitely not global, uh, which are a very important part of our business. And uh, playing with that balance uh, was important for us. And we were historically investing mostly on our global brands. We have been rebalancing that. So continue to invest highly in our global brands, but starting to invest also more on our local brands. And this has been uh, very good for us. And, you know, when, when uh, you know, you, you see behind me Cote d'Or, which is uh, mostly France and Belgium, it, it's a very iconic brand there. Uh, we have in each market, you know, some very incredible local jewels that we are very proud of. So my, my, my first point is, uh, depending obviously of, of each company, but in our case, finding the right balance between global and local in the portfolio management is, is, is important. Then as far as global brands are concerned, and I, I strongly believe in global brands, what is important for me is to have uh, a very clear global brand positioning foundation. Usually those things should and can be global. So if you take a brand like Cadbury or, or Oreo, um, all markets are playing with exactly the same foundations. What changes is how you activate it and making sure you understand the local consumers, the local insights uh, to drive the right programs, the right activations that is really going to ignite uh, the connections um, with, with our consumers. So if you uh, go uh, around the world, you will see um, similar things on Oreo uh, in China, in the US, in Europe. But at the end of the day, they are different. So it will be probably different flavors sometimes or um, a same starting point in terms of ID for communication, but really localized. And um, same, on, same on Cadbury, you know, our big idea on Cadbury is around generosity and generosity in the UK is very different from generosity in Australia or, or in India. And uh, when you can crack that, uh, that's where you are really successful. So, and, and I think we, we are quite good at, at doing that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's, it's interesting you talk about insights because I would imagine that insights are particularly key in taking a global strategy and localizing it. But I just wondered, how do you actually go about implementing a specific insight within, within the business? It sounds 
easy to say, but I'm sure it's very difficult to do. So I just wondered if you had any thoughts on yeah. implementation of, of, of insights. Yeah, you're right. So we, we have plenty of data. We have, you know, we are and more and more through digital. So, and, and obviously we measure a lot of things. We listen a lot. So we, we, we get a, a lot of information. The point, as you say, is how do we transform it in, in real actions? No? So having clear diagnostic to maybe take some business decisions, uh, in terms of investment, in terms of, for example, shopper um, is, is a big area to make sure we have the right price points, we have the right formats by channel. Um, so this could be probably hard data. Then, then you have more emotional aspects. Now, so when you, um, when I was speaking about generosity just before. Now, so understanding that's a big idea, that's a big human value. Um, but what does that mean for an Indian consumer? What does that mean for an English consumer? It's, it's much more soft no, as a skill. So, um, but when done well, this can really unleash incredible uh, advertising, for example. So, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In, in India, what we have discovered is that generosity plays at its best when we are um, speaking about uh, bringing different class, social classes together. No? So that's, that's a big area uh, for us. Um, uh, in, in other markets, South Africa, for example, the family will be more at the center of where we need to land our stories. So um, for me, insights are sometimes very hard. Um, and this can drive very big decisions in terms of shopper, in terms of price or whatever, but it has also to be very soft. And um, it's all about having the right teams to, to leverage those insights the right way. Yes, uh, of course. And you talked about generosity. Do you have another specific example of where a consumer insight has actually directly and tangibly influenced a decision that you've made in the business for the better? I mean, we, we, we have plenty of examples. If, if, if I take... Uh, a brand like Oreo, which is more about playful moments. Uh, you know, we have a very playful cookie and and this is enabling uh, playful moments uh, between consumers, uh, for example, children and their dads or, or two adults together. And um, the way we would play that in Argentina or in Brazil or in the US or or in the UK is very different. And it's really uh, around understanding our consumers, their lives and where those playful moments will make more sense for the, for the consumers. No, so that, that's another way, for example. Makes sense. Sounds like you've got lots of examples to draw from. So just thinking about the future, how do you think that the world of, of marketing and brand building is likely to change 
in the next few years? And where do you see the opportunities for, for Mondelez and Mondelez brands? Um, brand building will change, but I also believe that many fundamentals will remain. No? So we, we spoke a bit before about what was important to build a strong brand, and uh, this will remain, you know, having the best potential product, uh, to build the right distinctive assets, to be consistent uh, over time in, in what we build with our consumers and across channels, uh, this, this will remain an even more important uh, over time. What will change dramatically is, uh, and we are leaving it already, is the tools and the channels. No? So we spoke about insights, uh, the way to capture insights is much more digital. We can become much more intelligent, adding AI on top of, of the data that we get. So this will change, uh, I think insights and analytics in particular is, is in, a, in a big uh, revolution. Um, on, on the advertising side of things, uh, also we are now, uh, and at Mondelez we invest more than 60% in advertising in, in digital media. Uh, that's a totally different way to, to operate. We need to be much more uh, uh, personalized. Uh, we need to be uh, much more part of the culture to really be part of the conversation. And so these are very new ways of communicating. Uh, and um, I think we are doing a great job to, to learn how to do that. And, uh, and it's exciting and, and that's fun. And I think it's enabling uh, a lot of possibilities. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. And speaking of the future, we talked about sustainability a little bit earlier. Can you tell us a little about um, your sustainability uh, agenda? Yeah, so sustainability has, has been in the heart of the company uh, since its, its foundation a bit more than 10 years ago. And I would say before that, even when the company was, was in different contexts. But, um, uh, and, but interestingly enough, um, last year, as we were um, moving on with our strategy and, and, and moving to a, diff, a, a new step, we have added sustainability as the fourth pillar of, of um, our strategy. Um, acknowledging the importance of, of it for, for everyone, for our consumers, for our employees, for our customers, and obviously for, for the society overall. So we, we feel very responsible about that. And I would say we, we have two, two big strategies. Um, the, the one thing is to be really leading in the areas where we matter as a company the, the most. So especially um, leading the way on our key ingredients. Um, Cocoa and, and wheat are our key ingredients. So uh, we have a, a lot of, of, of very important programs and proprietary programs behind cocoa and, and wheat. On, on cocoa, it's, um, it's called uh, Cocoa Life. Um, and on uh, wheat, it's called Harmony. Uh, we can speak a bit more in detail after that if you wish. Uh, the other point is uh, really contributing to what is important for the world. No? So in particular, um, climate change and, and CO2 is critical. So uh, we are on our journey to, to be CO2 neutral for 2020, and we are making a lot of progress in, in reducing our CO2 in that journey. Uh, and specifically in packaging, we have a huge program called uh, Light and Right, where we are pushing to have um, totally recyclable packaging. So now we are at 95 and we are aiming to be at 100% at soon, um, but also um, reducing packaging when possible, changing to paper or recycled uh, plastic when possible. So lots of progress in, in that sense. Mm. Now that all makes sense. That sounds fantastic. And at Cantor, obviously we talk to lots of clients um, lots of the time. And just wondered, I think one of the challenges that, that clients talk about when it comes to sustainability is how to make 
their sustainability agenda actually relevant and, and meaningful to consumers. So just wondered, you know, you talked about your overall strategy. What are your plans and how are you sort of implementing that on a, on a consumer basis? Why should consumers yes. care? Um, interested in your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and that's not easy because these topics are are complex. No, they are quickly very technical. Um, the other thing which is important to me is um, we have very strong brands with what we call very clear purposes. We are not changing the purpose of the brands to embrace uh, sustainability. We are trying to um, uh, do what's right first and uh, maybe not always speak about it, but then when we want to speak about it with our consumers and make it uh, in a way which is relevant for their brand and which is going to strengthen its its core purpose. No? So um, how do you speak about Coco Life, which is our chocolate program, cocoa program, um, from a, a Cadbury perspective will be very different on how do you speak about Codor. No? So we are trying really to, to understand how we connect our programs to the brand positioning um, and, and, and then uh, really try to see how we can activate that to make our programs aware and, and also why not drive growth, no? Because it's very important for consumers and I sincerely believe that if we do that well, that will drive growth. It's not only a, a cost to play, right? So, and, and we have, um, I'm saying it's not easy, so we are in a journey, but we, we start to have great examples. So. Um, for example, you, you, you will see now in all our chocolate brands almost uh, a, a logo on Coco Life. This is well received with our consumers. They don't always understand all the details, but it's a proof of quality. Sometimes even people will associate it with uh, better taste, you know, so ju just working on the quality of our ingredients makes sense. Um, but also, for example, we have um, uh, very good activations with the trade because these interest our customers a lot. Uh, where, for example, in Canada, we are doing uh, every year uh, with a customer a very strong activation in-store to, to showcase what we do with Coco Life and Cadbury. And that's, um, that's a great example of how can you uh, bring it in the consumer story, but at the same time drive sales. Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. That was very, uh, very detailed. And we're certainly seeing in our data this year and, and in previous years that, again, consumer perceptions around sustainability and brand behavior are, are critical um, to growth and, and driving value for the future. Um, there is not one consumer, no, there are many different consumers. And I think some consumers will be more interested in sustainability than others. So for me, one, one point also, which is important for me is to make the information available for those who are really interested and make it a, a critical criteria for decision. It's not the case for everyone. So how do we communicate through digital, through Unpack? You know, there are many new ways to be more targeted and make sure uh, it lands to the consumer for the, for whom it's the most important. Um, so I distinguish also, you know, our big communication that is more for everyone and then more targeted communi communications for people that really care about it. Martin, thanks very much again for joining us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Side Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. 